Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports. Buckle your seatbelt. We've got the sort of guest that brings a headwind with them. We're so lucky to have with us today the former ambassador to Germany, the former acting director of national intelligence, the man who started the declassification process in the Russia collusion caper. Ambassador Rick Grinnell is here. He has a lot to say about everything that's going on in the world from Florida all the way to Paris. We've got big opportunity today to cover a lot of a lot of great ground. I want to really focus on that. And then I'm going to play an interview that we first did last night on the TV show. I think it is one of the most stark, prescient interviews we've done. Current Congressman Austin Scott from Georgia, really a very thoughtful member of Congress, somebody who listens to the experts and then gets the story right. He is warning that we're facing a impending food crisis in the globe and even in America. He came up with a new figure in talking to agriculture experts, three to $400 more per acre this year to grow food in America. That is a stunning cost increase. He says it's due to the fertilizer price jumping and the shortages that we've been talking about on the show. But he also said that that price increase here has a magnified crisis in the world. He's predicting a food shortage could be as high as 5%, a 5% reduction in food in the world, in a world where we already have a lot of hunger. And he's so concerned about it, he's asked the Pentagon for an assessment about the global security implications if there's a shortage of food of that magnitude on the horizon. Really important interview. I want you to listen to that. That's going to be part two of the podcast today. Two great interviews back-to-back. Rick Grinnell, the former ambassador and future cabinet member, I'm sure, in some Republican administration, and then Congressman Austin Scott. Two really important, meaty, substantive interviews. That's what I'm excited about. Now, before we get to that, I'd like to focus on a little story I broke this morning. A lot of people hadn't paid attention to this, and I kind of first got into it. We keep talking about this dual system of justice in America, and it is real. And, you know, President Trump has been able to highlight great examples. 
Professor Alan Dershowitz has been able to highlight examples. I want to highlight one that doesn't get enough attention. Devin Archer, he's the former business partner of Hunter Biden, the guy that got Hunter Biden on the Burisma board. They were the Burisma brothers in crime or Burisma brothers in shenanigans. Hunter Biden's ex-business partner was convicted in the summer of 2018 of securities fraud. That's four years ago nearly. Most of his co-defendants have already gone to prison. They've been sentenced long ago. He continues to do the rope-a-dope to try to stay out of prison, and he keeps succeeding. Just last month, he finally got sentenced after an appeals process that went all the way to the Supreme Court. He got rejected. The judge stuck him in prison for one year and a day. That's a pretty big sentence for a first-time offender on a securities matter. He also was ordered to pay $15 million in penalties and $43 million in forfeiture and restitution. That's a big money. He doesn't want to do either. So he has started yet another effort. He didn't go right to prison. The judge gave him some more time. There's an appeal again. It's another form of the rope-a-dope, slowing it down. Everyday Americans don't get that. You don't see the J6 folks getting out of prison like this or delaying for two, three, four years. They're inevitable punishment. We're not talking about from the time he was indicted. We're talking from the time a jury of his peers found him guilty. Well, He, once again, has done another appeal saying the judge, I don't think my one-year prison sentence is fair. I don't want to pay that much restitution. I wasn't that deeply involved in the crime. Now, the jury and the judge already have disagreed with that. But prosecutors came back and said, you know what? We're blowing the whistle on this. And they filed a really powerful motion last night. And they said, Devin Archer's request falls far short of meeting his burden of establishing the necessary substantial questions of law or fact to justify bail pending appeal or stay of forfeiture. In other words, to stay out of prison and not have to pay the money the judge ordered and paid. It really gets into just how much Archer was involved in the effort to fleece a what what was an impoverished Indian tribe. He is accused along with two co-defendants, he was convicted along with two components of defrauding through securities fraud, an impoverished Indian tribe of 60 million bucks. And his latest argument, after having lost all his appeals leading up to sentencing, he gets sentenced, he's like, well, I really wasn't that involved. I wasn't involved. I didn't know every aspect of the crime, so I shouldn't go to prison or I shouldn't have to pay all this money. And the prosecutors scoff at that argument. They said, listen, he knew about the bonds that were issued that were used to defraud the Indian tribe. He bought $15 million of the bond to facilitate the scheme. He made, quote, varied lies, multiple lies to the banks, and he lied to his corporate board. That's being deeply involved in the scheme, they argued. And they said it makes no sense to find that he would only knew about one aspect of the scheme, given the body of evidence. Archer's guilt having already been proven beyond a reasonable doubt, the court was then bound by the evidence, not the jury's verdict, to find the entirety of the scheme was foreseeable to Archer. And that's what the court did. So claiming I didn't know about every little detail of the crime doesn't get you out of it, is what the government says. It's an elitist argument by a guy that doesn't want to go to prison. Very strong pushback by the U.S. attorney in Manhattan, in New York, in a case that has dragged down far beyond what most criminal cases go. It's a dual system of justice every day that Devin Archer doesn't serve his prison sentence. It's an insult to the Indian tribe that lost so much money on the scheme. And I think all of you should take a quick look at this story. It really has a lot of the details and hallmarks of how elitists try to play by a different system of rules, try to squeeze out of the justice system 
delay and concession without contrition. That's what this article really lays out today. It's really worth taking a look at. Now, a couple other important stories to take a look at today that I think are important. More than half of the United States, more than half the states, 26 in all now, have either passed or are in the process of finishing constitutional carry laws, a major advancement of the Second Amendment in America. What does constitutional carry mean? It means that you can carry a concealed weapon without having to get a permit from your local or state government. So for most of the last 30, 40 years, you had to get a concealed carry permit in order to carry in any state, even in Texas and you know some of the pro-gun states in America. In the last couple of years, two dozen, nearly two, it's going to be 26 by the end of this month, 26 states will have allowed people to do concealed carry without a permit a major change in gun laws, a major change in the exercise of the Second Amendment. My good colleague, Natalia Middlestadt, has that detail, that trend line. It's been going on, and we occasionally report on one episode, one state, but in this case here, it's the entire country is starting to move in that direction, certainly half of the country. That's a big trend. You don't see that much legislation moving that quickly. That's a pretty big deal. A couple of other stories, Tulsi Gabbard versus Mitt Romney. I think you might want to put your money on Tulsi Gabbard. Why? Romney says it was treasonous for her to suggest that there were bio-research labs in Ukraine. Guess what? There were. There's not any doubt. My good colleague, Nick Ballacy, got the facts from the United States government. The United States government confirms there were bio-research labs. No, not bio-weapons labs. That's different. Labs that create bioweapons are banned by treaty. They shouldn't be building bioweapons. But bioresearch labs do exist, and they have dangerous pathogens. And in the case of a war, in a war where we already launched missiles into a nuclear power plant, Russia did, there is grave concern that the pathogens left in these labs can be taken by bad people or ruined. That is a legitimate security concern that Tulsi Gabbard and Tucker Carlson and and Tom Cotton and Marco Rubio have raised. And for Romney to dismiss it as treasonous, well, I think you know how that's going to end. I think Tulsi Gabbard and the evidence is going to outweigh a cheesy tweet that Mitt Romney gave. Now, Mitt Romney was right about a lot of things about Russia. He saw Russia for the enemy that it was long ago. He did it in 2012 and the Democrats scoffed at him. Russia's not our problem. (laughs) I think you're wrong. Look at what just happened. Look what happened in 2014 in uh, Crimea in 28, 2008 in Georgia. Romney was right about that. But the idea of calling Gabbard treasonous for raising concerns about pathogens sitting in biolabs in Ukraine, I think that probably goes over the pale. Why? Because the facts substantiate there were such labs. Even State Department officials acknowledge that. We have that really important truth-checking story today. Check that out as well. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Don't want to wait anymore. Can't wait to get to our interview with Ambassador Rick Grinnell, followed by a really very prescient warning from Congressman Austin Scott about the potential of a food crisis in America. Check that out. All right, we'll be right back after the commercial break with our exclusive interview with Ambassador Rick Grinnell right after this. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, 
committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So glad to join, uh, to have this next guest joining us, the former ambassador to Germany, the former acting director of national intelligence, Rick Grinnell, joining us. Ambassador Grinnell, great to have you on. John, thanks for having me. It's a real, real honor. Uh, it's an honor to have you on as well. And I have to say, you had a milk carton moment this morning on your Twitter, Twitter account. You're asking a question. I think a lot of people asking, where is Tony Blinken, our secretary of state? Are you shocked at how low profile he is when you see European diplomats willing to go into the war zone to try to get a resolution? It's really uh, shocking to me that uh, official Washington has really shoved aside those who want to do a peaceful diplomatic solution. Um, you know, the, this Biden administration and all of the players have so much experience with war and the defense industry uh, that, you know, they really they really just shoved aside diplomacy and went immediately for like troops all over Europe. And, and uh, you know, we didn't squeeze the Russians like we should have right. uh, with sanctions, you know, the peaceful diplomatic tools. And John, I actually don't know if it's because, you know, 40 year Biden just decides that he's going to default to what the Washington crowd, the official Washington and the lobbyists want, which is, you know, money, money, war, or if it's just a real lack of confidence in Anthony Blinken. You know, if you look at his track record, you know, he started as secretary of state 
um, goes his team goes to to Alaska right. the China gets meeting, lectured right? on human rights in Alaska <laughs> by the Chinese, and then you know Afghanistan, and we've just had one diplomatic failure after another. And I can tell you, I know a lot of world leaders and ambassadors around the globe, and you know they just think that that he is a lightweight. He doesn't do diplomacy with muscle. You know, this is a crowd, the Wendy Sherman crowd, the uh, Susan Rice crowd that mocked all of the tough ambassadors under Trump. You know, oh, you're mean spirited, you're undiplomatic. And and now we see that they're just so weak that, of course, they thought everybody else was mean. Yeah, it's it's really remarkable. When you step back, uh, some of the folks I've talked to overseas say if, it's almost as though Joe Biden has the old European peace through appeasement strategy, World War II strategy, and that we've abandoned the concept of peace through strength in America under this administration. How do you referee that? Is, is, is that a good way of looking at the current conduct of the foreign policy? I think so. But I would add one more angle to that is that, you know, 40 year Joe of Washington has really defined Europe um, as Berlin and Paris and maybe Brussels. And and <laughs> he point. doesn't think of, of Europe as, um, you know, Warsaw or Budapest. He really thinks of it as this kind of old stodgy where Berlin and Paris get to decide everything. And and I can tell you, after living in, in Berlin as our uh, American ambassador, right. that our greatest allies in Europe, some of them, I should say, so I don't get in trouble here, um, some of them are in Eastern and Central Europe. And so we, you know, the European Parliament, for, in, for instance, John, the European Parliament, when I was there in Berlin under the Trump administration, the European Parliament told Merkel and the Germans, don't build Nord Stream 2. Yeah. We don't think it's good for Europe. And the, yet the Democrats in Washington, uh, the, the Senate Democrats, never heard from the rest of the Europeans on that. They only heard Merkel and her team. And, and they would just say, oh, Europe, you know, wants this energy. No, Europe didn't. Germany did. And quit defining uh, Europe by just what the Germans want. Let's remember that the French have nuclear power. The Germans got rid of it after Fukushima. I think that we need to start focusing. I know we're in a crisis, but if we want to learn the lessons of what not to do in the future, we got to start focusing on the 16 years of Merkelism. I think that there is an argument to be made that she moved Europe and specifically the Germans away from a Western facing transatlantic alliance and just did this kind of, you know, Switzerland style right. foreign policy where you're friends with everybody and you sell cars in Beijing and Moscow and Riyadh and Tehran and you paper over all the other problems. Yeah, and when we look at the way they've played this energy sanctions, they're really not all in on sanctioning Putin. They want to go back to having a reliance on Putin when this is over. I assume the Russian leader sees that and says, I sense the weakness here, right? Yeah, of course, because remember, and this is a really important point. Our Senate Democrats here in America joined the then German government of Chancellor Merkel and the Biden administration to drop sanctions on the Russian pipeline. They told all of us and all of the dutiful media in Washington just followed. But they told us if we kept sanctions on Russia, on this pipeline, that that is going to piss him off and he's going to start a war if we if we put sanctions on him. Now, 
the reality is, is they didn't look at the four years of Donald Trump and say, wait a minute, why didn't he do a, yeah. uh, a war? Why didn't Putin start a war under Trump? But they are the ones who changed the dramatic policy of sanctions on the pipeline. Senate Democrats, the German government under Merkel, and the Biden administration. What happened when Merkel left and the socialists came in, I worked very closely with Olaf Scholz, who was the finance minister for, for Chancellor Merkel and the coalition government. Right. So I know Olaf Scholz. He came in and, and, you know, I never dreamed that the socialists would be better than the conservatives in Germany. <laughs> but they saw what was happening. They flipped. They did a 180 after Merkel left. They stopped the, the pipeline in its tracks and... They'd said, we got to pay our NATO bill immediately and, and bring back a, a, a spending level that we were obligated to do since 2014. That's remarkable. The last people to notice were Senate Democrats because they, they continued down this line of not putting sanctions on, on you know, the, the pipeline, the Russian pipeline with U.S. sanctions. And so I think that there needs to be a, a real evaluation of how Putin decided to change his calculus and go into Ukraine. We got to learn this lesson. How did he do that? What happened? And I think you're going to start with Senate Democrats dropping the Nord Stream 2 sanctions that Trump had in place. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, the, the difference in uh, the day Donald Trump left and where we are today is is jaw-dropping. One person who's been pretty consistent in this period and been the face of Russia-Ukraine policy for most of it uh, is Victoria Nuland. And I wonder if you can handicap. You saw her work, uh, you know, as a diplomat, the, 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 what she left behind when she came back. What's your assessment of her approach to Eastern European policy? Well, she's a disaster. She's another one of these weak links that keep getting recycled. She was terrible in the Clinton administration. Yeah. Um, she's got all of her friends, you know, this Susan Glasser, uh, who, who, re who wrote for Politico. Go back and look at that early Politico piece. Yeah, the Russia collusion stuff, right? She, yes, she, she was right there defending her friend, Victoria Nuland from, you know, uh, really running PR interference and saying, oh no, Victoria didn't do anything. And, and she didn't do anything wrong. Well, she was all, you know, immediately and intimately involved with the steel dossier and the creation of that she in the sure early was. days. Victoria Nuland was. Remember, she was the assistant secretary for Europe. Yep. And that's where the steel dossier was developed, was in Europe. He had meetings at the embassy. We know all this to be true. And yet people like Susan Glasser just immediately um, dismiss it. Now, I think Victoria Nuland and Wendy Sherman are, are some of the weakest links that we have that with, with Anthony Blinken. The political appointees at the State Department are really, uh, they have a long history, John, of failure. I mean, you look at, you know, being outsmarted by the North Koreans, outsmarted by the Iranians. Every time they've been put in charge, and now with Russians, um, they've failed. And, and so at what point are we going to allow the Susan Rice's and the Wendy Shermans and the Victoria Newlands of this world to keep messing up. You know, we could go do a whole thing on Susan Rice and her failures. But I just I want to point out one thing, which I don't even know if I've ever said publicly, but it really since we're talking about this, I think it's, it's profound. You know, when I was U.S. ambassador to Germany, I led 
for Donald Trump, the, the campaign to decriminalize homosexuality around right. the world. It was a big campaign. It was. Our very first corporate sponsor to come in from the, from the private sector to come in and say, this campaign to decriminalize homosexuality is a good, good campaign, and we're joining it. You want to know where that first announcement was? It was in Kiev, Ukraine. Really? With a, with a company that stepped forward, a European company with some American ties, and they stepped forward to endorse this. We had a big reception. So I went to, to Kiev. And this was all around the days when everybody was saying Russian collusion right. and Ukraine and the president was being, um, you know, trying to be, get it impeached. They were trying to impeach the president over what was going on in Ukraine. And do you want to know something that Wendy Sherman, she's in the private sector at this point, in, is, and we know today she's the number two person at the State Department. Wendy Sherman put out a tweet when I was in Kiev and CNN picked it up and did a whole story on it. And Wendy Sherman tried to suggest that I was in Kiev for nefarious reasons to help Donald Trump. Unreal. Rick Grinnell is in Ukraine. Why is he there as Donald Trump is trying to, like all of this? Yeah. So as soon as I went out and said, yeah, Wendy, somebody should look into why is Rick in Kiev? And I really goaded her into saying, <laughs> let's do this story. Yeah. I would like some attention on the decriminalization of homosexuality campaign. And as soon as she found out the real story, she dropped it like a hot potato. Isn't that and amazing? And CNN backpedaled and didn't do the story. Think about that. Wow. They, they throw these charges out at other people. Oh, yes. When they themselves are the guiltiest. Oh, well, there's no doubt. And their complicity with the media, you mentioned Susan Glasser. But I, I, this week, I'm watching stories in The Hill, Politico, New York Times saying, Joe Biden isn't getting the credit for this incredible response he's marshaled. <laughs> and I'm like, what response? Every time the Congress has had to push him to do something even mildly courageous, how uh, troublesome is it to have the media parroting basically what's propaganda now? Look, I, I have been all over the world and I've watched third world reporters who who literally are stenographers for the ruling party i've seen the damage that they do um to not only the truth but to journalism and we have a crisis john in washington dc we have way too many outlets who just parrot the ruling party and i, I think conservatives have got to stop asking for this washington crowd to reform or change itself it's never going to they love their city. They want the city to be big yep. and well-funded. And, you know, all of these reporters who live there have lived there for 10, 20 years. They're not going back to wherever they were from. They're now from Washington, D.C. Their kids were born in Washington, D.C. Yep. This is the opposite of the Jeffersonian principle. Absolutely the opposite. And Washington is now just growing by leaps and bounds. It's the most powerful uh, city in our United States, and it's, and it's growing in power because of these lobbyists, journalists, and hangers-on, all of these people who are sucking from the federal government. And so when we ask them to reform themselves or shrink the budget or not do a war, uh, because, you know, we, we don't think it's prudent. They just look at this as a, as a money thing. Do you, do you think that those people who live in Los Angeles are going to bring down the studios 
They're no, not. never. <laughs> nope, they're part of never. the institutionalization. They are. It, yes. it, it, yeah, you're on to something there, Rick. I, I, I totally agree. Two quick domestic questions for you. First up, uh, you had a vantage point of seeing some of the declassified documents. You started the declassification process on Russia collusion. Do you have any doubt there are more crimes to be prosecuted by Durham? Yeah, I have no doubt. Yep. I, I just want to make sure. And, and where do you th- do you think the FBI itself engaged in some criminality based on what you saw? Yeah, for sure. For sure. The, the political appointees and the leaders of the FBI and DOJ uh, purposefully manipulated the truth. The, the people in, in the middle management, I've talked to them. I've talked to FBI agents. They knew that this was a phony exercise, but they were caught by their bosses who knew that this was a phony Russian collusion hoax, but allowed this information to go to the FISA courts and to the media and to everywhere else. And they saw people manipulating it. But for the political people at DOJ and FBI, that's where they need to be held to account. We hear a lot about, you know, politicians and political appointees manipulating the powers of government. But I've never seen it more rampant than in Democratic administrations because the media allows them to get away with it. Yeah. That's it. The media, again, the enabler. One more on the media, because you had, I think, the funniest tweet, and the, but the most important tweet of the day. Uh, the don't say gay claim is Florida Democrats just see Smollett moment. I thought that was a brilliant flip around on two great <laughs> events. Um, they're really misstating the purpose of this law, aren't they? Well, they, you know, look, they, we allow them again. We allow them to do it um, because the Democrat playbook right now, and, and I see it in California, I'm a Californian, and so they've, they've gotten away with it right. here for, for decades, which is that if you disagree with them, you're a racist, sexist, or a homophobe. Yep. And just get used to it, because you're going to be one of those. You're going to catch three. one of those. <laughs> you're going to catch one of them, and there's no, there's no possible way that you won't if you disagree with them. It's a very intolerant system. The media allows it to do it. So I've decided just to you know, turn it around. And and at this point, you know, I'm lucky that I'm gay. I'm so thankful because now I've got a built in excuse. If you disagree with me, you're a homophobe. <laughs> I don't make the rules, John. Yeah, you're just playing by, play right? by their rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your, your intellect and wit are so much fun in this era because I don't know. 30 years from now, we're going to look back at this time and go, Boy, were those people in Washington stupid, the elitists, the, uh, <laughs> and, and because it, literally, I mean, even even someone like Bill Maher can't take it anymore. And he's a liberal. He can't take it. Yeah, it's it's yeah, amazing. For sure. And, you know, I see it in in uh, in California. You do, don't you? Um, yeah. My hardcore liberal friends are just, you know, they're perplexed. And we've got to we've got to have a dramatic change. And, and the media are lower than the politicians in terms of popularity. now. It's hard to believe, but that's pretty low when you're there. But it's true. They've earned it. And uh, yeah. we're lucky to have people like you out there fighting for the truth. And well, we're lucky to have you. Thank you for all your hard work and courage, John. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Ambassador. And thank you for the time today. A lot of wisdom shared. And uh, we really greatly appreciate it. All the best. All right, sir. Thank you very much. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got an amazing interview we did last night with Austin Scott, the congressman from Georgia, about a food crisis on the horizon right after this commercial break. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, 
of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Welcome back, America. Joining us now to talk about Russia and Ukraine and the consequences of that, of that war back here at home is Congressman Austin Scott from the great state of Georgia. Congressman, welcome to the show. Hey, John and Amanda. Thanks for having us. It's an honor to have you on, sir. I want to ask about what's happening here. We've seen the violence in Ukraine. We see how bad this war is. But here, oil prices are up. We're talking about a multiple increase in fertilizer prices, talks of a food shortage. How are Americans going to pay a price for this violence in the near future? Yeah, so on food prices, it's going to cost our farmers somewhere around three to $400 an acre more to grow their crops. Uh, based on what I'm hearing from our farmers, you've got uh, tremendous potential for food shortage globally because of uh, all of the trade in the Black Sea being shut down. You've got uh, Russia and, and Ukraine are both uh, countries that put a tremendous amount of wheat into the global market. And so Ukraine is responsible for about 50 million metric tons of corn and wheat going into the the export markets on an annual basis. I think it's probably reasonable to expect that that uh, will not be in the world food supply. You've now got and and doing the right things. A lot of a lot of American manufacturers uh, breaking their their ties with uh, Russia. Companies like John Deere and uh, and Caterpillar and a lot of others that are involved in ag and and uh, production and. And that's going to obviously impact uh, the, the Russians' ability to grow their food. So it's a, uh, I mean, I'm concerned about what's happening in America because we're going to be paying more for our groceries. Uh, I will tell you from a from a global standpoint, uh, I think other countries are going to be faring far, far worse. And I've asked, actually, our areas of responsibility, our, our military leaders, 
to, to look into what a 5% reduction in the global food supply looks like from the standpoint of the geopolitical unrest and, and economics around the world. Congressman, what do you think the limits of our involvement in Ukraine should be? Because I know that for a long time, Republicans had uh, the reputation for being warmongers and very quick to hop into international conflict. But that's not the Republican Party of today. And you in Georgia, it is a red state. Uh, What are you hearing from your constituents? Well, my constituents are horrified at what they're seeing with the Russians basically killing civilians indiscriminately. And so I don't know uh, what the line will be if the Russians cross uh, the the chemical weapon line or if they cross with the use of a nuclear weapon. I mean, at some point, I think that uh, NATO or the United Nations is going to at least have to engage in some type of humanitarian aspect or the Russians are going to starve the Ukrainians to death with the the, just bombing their food supply. So I'm I'm not sure uh, what the line is, but I am sure that we, we shouldn't be telling things uh, publicly about what we will and what we won't do. I think the jets, for example, from Poland, uh, we should have just never said anything. We, we, sh- we shouldn't have said the jets aren't going to transfer. We shouldn't have said we support the jets. We just shouldn't have talked about it. And, and candidly, I would have preferred that we do it. Uh, but we certainly shouldn't be saying that we won't uh, put boots on the ground. I don't want to put boots on the ground, but you, you know, you're better off not telling Vladimir Putin what you will and what you won't do. Uh, because every time you tell him what you want to do, you open up his board for him to to do more things. Yeah, I really want to talk about that. I, so many of the people I talk to in the security establishment are mortified by the way the Biden administration has telegraphed weakness, telegraphed our intentions, right from the early statement that maybe a minor recursion would be okay uh, from Russia, to taking military off the table, to the misstep with Poland. Uh, why can't this administration get the basics of diplomacy and uh, peace through strength down. They seem like they stumble on it almost every day. Well, and, and let's go back and let's remember the intelligence was good, John. And the intelligence was early. It was, it, was, it was back in December. And the one thing that was done right is the declassification and the sharing of the intelligence. The thing that amazes me is that Joe Biden continued to operate as if Vladimir Putin was bluffing when the intelligence community was telling us in absolute terms that they thought that it was going to be a major incursion. And and they were absolutely right. The only thing that really they didn't predict is, is I don't think anybody thought that Vladimir Putin was actually mad enough to send rockets into a nuclear power plant. But what the world has to understand right now is that we are dealing with an individual that's in control of one of the largest militaries uh, in the world that is crazy enough to send rockets into a nuclear power plant. And so uh, the world's got to come together. I do believe that the, the United Nations, not just NATO, but the United Nations needs to be having uh, votes on a regular basis condemning Russia. I think that the world needs to see where China is, especially on this issue. And if China is going to stand behind Russia and support Russia, then corporate America needs to needs to take note of that. And it's just as dangerous for corporate America to be backing up China and the Chinese economy as it was for them to be doing business in Russia and the Russian economy. Congressman, the, the fertilizer crisis, as my co-host reported at Just the News, has the price of fertilizer has gone up 
up to 500% for some farmers. So obviously that is a crisis and that trickles down to the purchaser. But the energy crisis, Joe Biden has hamstrung our U.S. energy producers and he's going to Russia and he's going to Venezuela. And it seems like he's going everywhere except the answer is right there in front of there, in front of him. It's right in front of his face. Just allow U.S. energy producers to resume their production. Are there people, you're up there on Capitol Hill, are there people within his own party who are giving him a little elbow in the ribs saying, come on, let's do this. Let's let's allow energy producers to do it here at home so that we're not dependent on Russia, on Iran, on Venezuela. That, that's right. There, there are people in the Democratic Party that are pushing him on this, but there are not many of them that are willing to say it to say it publicly. Uh, we did in a very, very much a bipartisan manner, voted to ban uh, Russian oil uh, just a couple of days ago. That press came from both Democrats and Republicans who were willing to uh, accept the fact that there would be an increase in the price of, of fuel at the pump. Most Americans knew this. Most Americans accepted this. What Joe Biden refuses to admit is that that price increase from banning Russian oil should have been from $2 to $3, not, not, not $4 to $5. And so Americans were paying a very steep price for the bad energy policy of the Biden administration before the war started. I mean, the war's only been going on about three weeks now, and he's blaming all of the problems on, on Vladimir Putin's invasion. And, and the majority of the problems were there before Vladimir Putin went in. Let's remember, Joe Biden did two things with regard to energy. He lifted the sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, and he canceled the Keystone pipeline. So he helped the Russians with regard to their ability to sell sell energy to uh, to Europe, and he hurt Americans by canceling the Keystone Pipeline, which was going to bring energy from from our neighbor and our friend Canada uh, into the United States. So so we should be uh, the Western Hemisphere should be totally independent. And when I say the Western Hemisphere, uh, you can exclude Venezuela from that. Uh, but but why would why would he do things? that that freed up the Russian pipeline and at the same time canceled the pipeline that was good for America and Canada. All right, a lot of people are asking that question, Congressman. Uh, today, the UN uh, General Secretary said that uh, there's a real possibility of nuclear war. You mentioned nuclear at the beginning. The question I get from a lot of people, has uh, Putin changed? Has he become more unhinged? Is he sick? Or has American resolve weakened enough that he just feels more emboldened. He's the same guy, just with uh, less concern about American response. What do you think it is? We've about a minute left. I think, I think it's a combination. And I think, you know, he, he's gotten older. I think when he leaves the face of this earth, he wants people to line up and worship him. This is not a man who, who thinks rashly. Uh, don't pretend that you can understand him. Don't pretend that you can negotiate with him. Uh, again, this is someone who, who had who had rockets fired into a nuclear power plant. I, I don't know anybody else who, who is mad enough to, to actually try that. Uh, fortunately, there has been no escape of radiation to date. Uh, that doesn't mean there won't be in the future. And he, he's just not somebody that, that Joe Biden should have thought that he could negotiate with by lifting sanctions on the Nord Stream 2. Somehow that was going to change Vladimir Putin's approach to the world. And, and, and Joe Biden was naive enough to think that he could negotiate with him and do those things. Yeah, there's no doubt, Congressman. Well, we're going to watch a lot of history unfold over the next few weeks. I'm so glad you've been able to give us your insights. You've been one of the most rational voices on this crisis right from the beginning. And we're grateful for the time you spent with us today. Well, thanks, John and Amanda.
I'm really glad to have you on. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon, Just the News family. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. Two great interviews. Wow. The things that Rick Grinnell said about the complicity between news media, deep state bureaucrats, the failed Washington, and their disconnect from the rest of the country. I think that's going to resonate for several days. He called out the media's coverage of the don't say gay, which is not what that law says. That's a false slogan. He called it the Jesse Smollett moment of the news media. I thought that was pretty funny. And the failed policies of Merkel and Biden and Obama, this idea of yielding to bullies until you can't yield anymore and you've lost ground like Ukraine has lost or like Taiwan may soon lose, like Hong Kong already has lost. I think he had a lot of weight behind those words. A really important interview. I hope you enjoyed that. I got a lot of insights to a man that some people think one day could be the Secretary of State or a Cabinet Secretary in a future Republican administration. All right, folks, we're going to have another big show tonight on Just the News, Not Noise, on Real America's Voice, Channel 219, on Dish Network, Channel 240, and Pluto, on all the apps, Roku, Apple, Just the News. Just grab the Just the News app, hit the watch button. You'll know what to do there. We've got Indiana Attorney General Todd Rakita. He's been on this podcast. He just sued the Biden administration for documents because the government is withholding it's evidence about why it launched an investigation treating parents like they were domestic terrorists. That's a big one. We're going to have the U.S. Oil and Gas Association President Tim Stewart on to talk about the continued volatility and price increases of energy. And as well, former Trump campaign foreign policy advisor, really one of the great national security thinkers in our world, Dr. Walid Ferris. He's going to be talking about the state of the world. So check that out tonight. Good continuation from the conversation we just had today with Rick Grinnell on this show. All right, folks, before we go, I always like to shout out our partners once a day because they bring specific offers. They bring specific products. They bring great services to us and they give you something special just because you're a member 
of Just the News just because you listen to John Solomon Report. So my friends at Workable are just one of the many great sponsors that really offer you some great opportunities. So if you're running a company or you have hiring responsibilities in your job, you know how tight the labor market has been the last couple of years. Four million Americans have left the market, not come back. There is a real challenge sometimes to find the most qualified person for the job. Well, our friends at Workable, they've got the perfect solution. They're there to help your company, your business, your office overcome that tough time and hire the right people. To do that, you need to find the right candidates and you need to hire them fast in this very competitive marketplace. And Workable can help do both. Workable accelerates every step of your hiring process from finding the hire to starting the hire to onboarding them and getting them ready. And because you are a member of the Just the News family, they have a special offer, risk-free, 15-day free trial. All you gotta do is go to workable.com right now and start hiring Workable is hiring made easy and you're going to get 15 days free to test out the service if you're trying to hire someone this is well worth your time go check it out they're great supporters of the show great supporters of the just the news franchise so grateful for their partnership and you will be too if you just try their product that's a great way to say thanks if you're in the process of hiring someone jump on this offer it is amazing all right folks that wraps up the day we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of john solomon reports a podcast from just the news thanks for listening check out the tv show tonight and of course check out justthenews.com day and night we've got you covered with breaking news and enterprise and exclusives like that hunter biden one we talked about at the start of the show 24 hours, seven days a week, justthenews.com. God bless and good night. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. 
You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews.